0: so good. That's so good. Wow. I'm in a recovery mode. <laughs> uh, you know, for those of you who came to the wedding yesterday, uh, it was a beautiful day. It really was a beautiful day. And uh, some amazing things. And I know there were many uh, activities going on in other people's day. and. Uh, one of the most exciting parts of the day uh, occurred about five thirty, close to six o'clock, when the rain decided it was time to come, or God actually decided it was time for the rain to pour, and uh, it was uh, what what a what a deal! It really came down, and uh, we were loading tables and doing stuff. But uh, what a what a great day! Well, Matt and Mariah, Pastor Matt and Mariah, they're married, and they're. Uh, their new lives or they've begun their new lives together and so thank you everyone for your prayers thank you for your support thank you for your encouragement thank you for your investment in them thus far and we uh, are blessed by the very idea that you will continue your investment in their lives and uh, supporting them encouraging them and um, really just administrating love and all the kinds of stuff that go into married life for all of you married folks who are seasoned in marriage, uh, just keep that investment flowing. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning we would normally be in the book of Revelation. We would normally be in the 18th chapter as we go book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. But I felt compelled this morning as a result of some events, not only this past week, but really in the last three weeks, that we would have a different direction on this Sunday morning and uh, we're going to be looking at hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. Before we dive into the scripture, I want to do a couple of quick things. Number one, we have a few announcements, so let me just say these very, very quickly. Uh, there's no afterglow in the month of May. It's Memorial Day weekend, so next Sunday after church, uh, you're going to be on your own. There won't be our big pizza thing that we normally do. Uh, In approximately three weeks, our church, all-church campout registration begins. Remember to secure your spot. It's uh, payment in full. I've been encouraged by our registrars to make sure everybody understands that, to have your space, payment in full. So I want to make sure I get that out there. Uh, We're in the midst of the 90-day challenge right now. The challenge is grow your faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and the 17th verse, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we are reading through the New Testament together. Those who are participating, we're in 2 Corinthians, uh, and we're in chapters 4 through 6. It's three chapters a day, and uh, we're in day 22 of our second month. So invite you to join with us if you've not made that uh, step, that you would step in right now, 2 Corinthians chapters 4 through 6, and uh, just join each day reading three chapters a day. We would invite you to do that. Uh, of Memorial Day weekend, our 55 and over group SOAR won't be having their normal meeting. And there is a downtown outreach next Saturday on the 27th, so those of you who would like to be a participant in and go and simply love on our family and friends down on the streets of Portland, uh, we would encourage you to extend a hand of love to someone who simply may need something to may need someone to greet them with a smile and the grace of humanity, the love of Christ where we can simply share with them an encouraging word, maybe an opportunity to even ask them if there was something that we could pray with them for and we'll pray or our team will be down there praying. So I invite you to be a part of that. Uh, Charlie and Linda are not with us this morning. Uh, they've had to travel out of town, uh, but well, is Linda here? Linda might be here. No, I think they both here. Okay. Uh, anyway. You can uh, get more information if you'd like that. Uh, We have an outreach coming up in the summer, B-Town Kids. Uh, There is a men's ministry summer work project that will be forthcoming at Teen Challenge. And so, men, I'm just going to invite you to have your heads up, be aware, opportunity to uh, do a little bit of uh, sweat equity in the kingdom of God. So, opportunities are availing themselves. With that being said, let uh, let me give a quick update on Heart for the House. How many of you would like to know what's happening with the building and with the finances that have come in. Oh, come on, there was only about 17 hands. There we go. Okay, 26 hands now. 27. Good. All right. 28. Thanks. Uh, Let me just simply say this. uh, Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for all that you have done thus far. The sacrificial giving, the the statement that we've used in years past or last year for sure and uh, parts of this year, but it is really the idea of Uh, not necessarily equal gifts, but equal sacrifice, that everyone in the fellowship can be a part of what God is doing and with the building that we are in the process of purchasing. We are in our, really our year and a half campaign, uh, last year it was a full year campaign, we raised about $90,000, and those dollars are partly in the bank, and roughly $36,000 have gone out in Architects, engineers, from seismic engineers to structural engineers to uh, the civil engineer team, up to and including even our landscape engineers. All of that has to be completed for our architects to turn the paperwork into the county, which we have done. The paperwork has gone through a first wave at the county. They send it back for adjustments. So all of our engineers have gotten together made those appropriate adjustments. Secondly, they've returned those drawings and paperwork. And they've sent them back now. We have some work being done. In fact, one of our very own, John Morris, is a civil engineer, and he gets to work on our church plans, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. And uh, <coughs> at any rate, thanks, John. Uh, we have a, there's a little bit of legwork that needs to be done yet, but it's uh, basically ready to be turned back in. And uh, we anticipate receiving our permits to do the demolition work within the next 45 days. And uh, we're in process with the business uh, that's there in residence, and there's been some changes in that arena, so we're, we're being very gracious as the building owner was very gracious with us in giving us opportunity to raise some funds. Uh, we are also in a place of very much grace as he is navigating some life changes in his life, but the anticipation is that we will be taking possession sometime in the midst of now to September and be able to begin doing some work there, which is exciting. Now, as far as the campaign thus far this year, there's been uh, in our $100,000 that we are seeking to raise by June 30th, I believe we have roughly 65,000 that has come in, very, very exciting all of those monies we have approximately two hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank right now and approximately hundred and thirty thousand of that is still building funds just waiting to be used for our projects of demolition and our remaining our kind of our remaining work with purchase as well as some final permit stuff and a little bit of materials so we'll be doing some more and our hands are going to be getting into the mix very very shortly so i'm very encouraged i'm very excited I know that the process seems to take longer than what we had hoped for, but in the midst of the longer than we had expected and hoped for, what we're discovering is the supply of God is simply coming in very, very faithfully, very, very steadily. And so other opportunities, we even this week became aware of some folks who are probably going to be helping us, work as well as in the area of plumbing and so very excited about that and HVAC so even some of those delays have introduced us in some into some folks who are going to be helping us. So that's a brief update. We will continue to update as we get closer to the June 30th timeline or when permits are received by us you'll get another update. How many of you feel like you're adequately up to speed on where we are? Alright, very good. Well, let's give it up for the Lord. That's awesome stuff. Praise God. Praise God. Also, we have a couple of our students that are going to be headed over to Minnesota for the entire summer. They're actively engaged in our children's ministry. They are going to be missionaries to Minnesota, working at a children's camp all summer long. And so, uh, I'm going to ask Ryan and Allison, and are Dave and David and Kelly here as well? David and Kelly? I didn't see them here this morning yet. They are going there to be camp counselors permanently. They're going to be working there for a season at least the next year. And so we're praying with them and for them. We're s- kind of launching them out. But Ryan and Allison, would you guys come forward? We just want to say a word of prayer for you guys. And Mom and Dad, why don't you come on up, get to pray for your kids. Allison is going to be uh, begin school with Northwest University. And uh, this, this coming September, she'll be an intern uh, full-time with us as well. So some pretty exciting stuff. Come on up here, you guys. So, uh, Lee and Beth, you guys, uh, the nice thing, I mean, all kinds of exciting stuff is happening for you guys. David and Sam are getting married in just like a month away, and uh, your two younger kids, Ryan and Allison, they're going to be leaving the house empty nesters in a, in a very short while. <laughs> who knew it was going to happen that fast, right? Uh, Ryan and Allison, we're super excited for you guys. You guys are uh, young missionaries that we're simply launching over into Minnesota. And I know it's decisions that you guys have made, sought the Lord, and uh, we're very excited about what God has in store for you. And we just want to pray God's anointing and God's blessing. And we want to commit to be praying for these two as they go and praying for mom and dad as they are like empty nesters and wondering what happened with all their kids in such a a quick hurry, but will you extend a hand forward, and we're just going to pray a blessing, and uh, God's anointing and gifting, so Father, thank you for Ryan and Allison, and as they go forth, Lord, to minister in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we are asking that you would bless them as they love on kids, they simply get to love children, they work with a staff and a team of people, I thank you for David and Kelly, and we ask your blessing on David and Kelly as they go, really as missionaries to work with, and to bring the love of Jesus to a new community. Lord, we're praying that children's lives would be transformed by the power of the gospel, by your spirit, and by the word of God. And so, Lord, will you bless, will you anoint, will you gift and equip for every good work that you have prepared in advance for them. And we give you thanks, Lord, and ask your blessing and anointing. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said a strong amen. Amen. Will you give it up for these guys? Awesome job. Proud of you guys. That's great. Cool thing is, when Ryan and Allison get back, they're going to be working very actively with our junior high ministry. And uh, we got some uh, junior high Bible quiz kind of stuff coming up, so very, very excited about that. I uh, want to mention tonight, uh, tonight for the adult, uh, normally at the adult service, we normally have a verse-by-verse study. Tonight is going to be a prayer meeting home. That's right. That's right. You want to see the powerhouse of God, you come to the prayer meeting. Because prayer moves the kingdom. And so we want to encourage you to come and be out. Six o'clock tonight, a couple of our interns will be help facilitating that, and those who are there, come with your, just ready to pray and seek the Lord. All right. That being said, hearing questions and a recurring question does god hear me when i pray does god hear me when i pray does god answer prayer you may be sitting here today and you've asked that same question and oftentimes that question comes up because somewhere along the line in our experience there has been a delay in the answer to the prayers that we have asked. Or the answer that we had hoped for is different than what we received. Sometimes when the answer is different, we don't even hear that it was an answer, and we just keep on asking. Right? I mean, if you're in the same boat that I'm in, we know that to be a reality. I mean, all of us would like to testify and say, when I talk to God, he hears my prayer and answers because I pray according to his will. Well, again, if you're in my boat uh, we or in my ship, land the ship, and realize that that's not how it is. Sometimes we're asking for things. I mean, James tells us you do not receive because you ask amiss. Sometimes we are asking because we're very me-focused, right? Me, 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 and a little more me. So, does God hear when we pray, and does God answer when we pray? Well, a resounding yes. Can I get an amen? Amen. God does hear when we pray, and God does answer. Now, about 15 days ago, I started paying a little more attention to the weatherman. <laughs> now, some of you were also in that boat because you knew Matthew's wedding was outside. Matt and Mariah's wedding was outside. And there were a number of family members, Gene and Colleen, and I know, and all the family, the Gurney side and the Morris side. We were like, we were very interested in it. In fact, I remember talking to him th- and saying, should we not maybe consider a backup plan? What are we going to do? I mean, up to and including on the morning. Yesterday morning, I began, well, I guess it was Friday morning, I started looking around for tent rentals. <laughs> Thinking, we need a big tent. Anyway, we were praying and we were seeking and we were searching and we were like, okay, God, help out. Hold back the rain. You've done it before. I mean, James also tells us Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours, and he prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would, and then it rained. Nature just like ours. All right, come on, Lord. It's interesting that I would check on my iPhone or on my computer, you know, the weather 10 days out, 9 days out. Literally, every single weather report I checked on the day, the 21st of May, the peak of the showers was at 2 p.m. 2 p.m., right when the wedding. Every single time I checked it, the peak was right at 2 o'clock when their wedding was going to start. I'm like, Lord, no. Lord, please. No, no, no. And I know Gene and I were talking earlier, and he was like, Come on, God. I don't normally pray for an hour and a half, but I'm praying for the weather for an hour and a half. God, don't let it rain. And here's the cool thing. So many of our family were there, and it really was an amazing thing. In fact, there was at least one that kept checking the weather. In fact, I think it was Pastor Dennis. Kept checking the weather, and it kept pushing the rain back, 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 back. Two o'clock came, no rain great i mean the wedding was amazing and right at the very end literally it was like the clouds just kind of broke open for a moment the sunshine came in and then it closed up and by the time everyone was safe in the reception area under some uh, tent areas it started to kind of sprinkle and it was a few flurries in there but by and large we were all commenting i heard so many comments about how people must have been praying that God would hold back the rain. And I thought, praise God. And here's the thing, God held back the rain. Amen? Amen. It is interesting to note that even the disciples, when they were on the boat, Jesus had said, let's go to the other side. He got in the boat with them. And when they were going across the sea, a tempest came up that was a life-threatening tempest. Experienced fishermen fearing for their very lives. Woke Jesus up, said, "Don't you care? We're dying. We're going to drown. We're being swamped." And Jesus spoke to them, "O ye of little faith!" And came and simply spoke, "Be still." And the winds and the waves responded, and it was still. Even the what manner of man is this? Even the wind and the waves respond. Thanks be to God. So we should not be alarmed when God answers. The simplest of prayers, could you hold back the rain? And so we're thankful. But for the majority of us who prayed that way, and I want to simply say thank you for praying. If you prayed that there'd be no rain, God bless you and thank you. Now then, there are at least four of us in relationship to that wedding, there are at least four of us that saw something even more magnanimous than the answer to the prayer of no rain. In fact, between Jean, Colleen, Kim, and myself, there are over 100 years of prayer for our children and their future spouses. Matt's 26, Mariah is 24. Cumulatively, I've talked with Jean and Colleen, Kim and I certainly know that even when the ladies were first pregnant and we began praying for their future spouses and we saw the culmination of the answer of God's prayer yesterday as two lives became one jean and i were commenting how uniquely the lord even brought two people together and i think about my own relationship with my wife how this southern california boy who was born in new jersey would somehow be directed to Portland and eventually meet this young woman named Kim, and we're going to be celebrating 29 years of marriage and how God just does that and was the answer to prayers and in your life, and so very exciting. So by way of reminder, the Word of God reminds us time and time again to ask the Lord, to pray, to seek the Lord, and to ask Him, to ask Him, the Psalms laden with time and time and time and time again where we're reminded that God hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. Look at these words that Jesus said. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. You can write these scriptures down. I hear many of you turning in your Bibles. I love to hear that sound. It's awesome. But I'm just going to go through these pretty quick. Matthew 6, 6 encourages us when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who is in the secret place will see hear and reward you openly go into your room and close the door again in Matthew 7 in Luke 11 we're encouraged to ask to seek and to knock be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you again in Matthew 7 and Luke 11 if we being evil know how to give gifts to our children when they ask how much more will our heavenly father give to those who ask and so today what I want to do is not necessarily focus on does God hear and does God answer but maybe more poignant Do we hear in the midst of our asking, and do we respond? God answers our prayers. Do we answer his response? Are you with me? Because he is responding. The question is, what are we doing? Are we hearing his response, and are we doing something about it? I think that's important, and that's what I want to look at today. So, let's, let's at ag- least acknowledge for a moment, even in this room right now, some of us are tuned in, and some of us are not. Can we all, can we just kind of nod? Yeah. Oh, which ones of you are not tuned in? <laughs> Relax for a moment. The reality is, some of us have some stuff on our minds. Raise your hand real quick if you got some stuff on your mind. Just kidding. Yeah, we all got stuff going on. Some of it's big, big stuff, and it occupies. It does. It occupies brain cells. It occupies time. Uh, My uh, brother-in-law was reminded me of a story uh, about a gal holding a cup that was half full of water. And as she's holding the cup half full, she said in this crowd, she said, most of you think I'm going to ask if the cup is half full or half empty. I'm not going to ask that question. She simply said, if I hold it for 10 minutes, it's not going to have much impact. If I hold it for an hour, I'll still be okay. It's not going to have much impact. If I hold it for the whole day out in front of me like this, I'm going to begin to feel it everywhere in all my joints. The same thing goes for you and I. If we carry things, it will begin to affect us the longer we carry them. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay, so we got stuff going on, and it creates noise up here. Now, add to that, just just think, right here, right in this cubic space, the Internet is flying right through here. The entirety of the Internet is right here the waves are right in here Dennis right the radio waves they're just they're cruising through here certain megahertz psh, 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 coming right through moving in wave motion some of you are like taking your ear jack out of your ear going did you see me <laughs> here's the thing some of us i mean television cable all that stuff the bluetooth stuff it's all moving through the air this noise if you hear it, it's because you're tuned to it. Some of us you have, might have to pick up your iPhone or your phone, your Samsung, your whatever you got, your droid. And if you're if you're on it right now and you're like going, <laughs> did he see me doing that too? Here's the thing. You're already tapped into that and tapped out of perhaps maybe what God would want to say. Does that make sense? We're making we're creating noise. small. You're not going to come in here with a couple symbols going, clang, 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 Josh, I'm trying to get your attention. That's not how God operates. But he does speak, and he is speaking quietly. So, amidst all that noise, I, I walked from my car to the building this morning. And I heard probably three or four different types of birds because I was very cognizant of what we were going to be looking at this morning from the Word of God. And I heard these different birds. I heard I I, I saw a bird, it had a worm in its mouth. I, I heard the worm. <laughs> I'm just seeing if you're listening to me. <laughs> I'm just saying, I heard it, be and because here's why. I was reminded of a story about an American, a Native, a Native American, who was in New York City, and he was with someone. They were going, they were doing something. I don't remember the details of the story. But in the midst of it, it was like, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, and you hear the honking of all the taxi cabs and people in the street noise and you know, and then the people, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people, the shuffling of the feet, the lights changing and all that stuff, and people moving, talking, all of the hustle and the bustle, and they're standing on this corner, this American native, and this other individual, and the Native American says to the guy, he says, do you hear the cricket? He says, the cricket, you couldn't hear a cricket. There's no way you could hear a cricket in all this noise. And he grabbed the guy and he walked over to the tree that had a three foot cut out of the concrete. And he pointed down in the midst of the weeds and the grass that were growing low. And he scooped up and he put in the hand of the man he was with the cricket. And he said, it's a matter of what you're tuning into he reached into his pocket and as hundreds of people were walking by he grabbed the loose change in his pocket he threw it in the air and when it hit the ground people within three to five feet all turned and he said some people are listening to the sound of money he said i listen to the sound of the cricket so i hear it i thought how interesting What are the sounds that are vying for your attention? What are the sounds that are vying for my attention? Because they're many. They're many. And if we're not careful, the very one sound that we should be tuning into is the voice of God and what God is saying to us individually and us collectively as the body of Christ. It's interesting to me to note and in the book of Revelation where we are, we've just passed through and we're almost to its complete, if you go back to chapters 2 and 3, seven love letters to seven churches, and they conclude all of them with the same words. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Not what the Spirit has said, the Spirit is saying. You see, the Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than a two edged sword. It's living and active. It is timeless. The Spirit of God is speaking right now. Can you hear Him? Can you hear Him? Can you hear him? So, hearing the voice of God. Jesus said in John 10. sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. I was reminded of another story, and we're going to get to a text here in just a moment, lest you think we're not going to be in the Word of God this morning. Uh, I was reminded of another story about uh, a satellite office in the satellite office in Alaska, there were uh, one employee, and then the other employee would go out and he would do his work in an airplane, and they would communicate back and forth. And as they were sent out there, they were given a manual, and they would receive information by a radio, and then the radio would transmit it up to the airplane, and they would do their proper surveys, etc. And they were given instruction when there is radio silence and you can't get an answer, refer to the manual and follow the manual. I just want you to know something. There's a principle there. There's a principle there. You see, we've been given a manual. And when there's radio silence, Father, It's just quiet, quiet, quiet. So often we go to people and we complain about God. God's not hearing. God's not listening. God's not this. God's not that. Hey, folks, when there's radio silence, go to the manual and simply abide within the guidelines of the manual. Here's another thing. When it's not radio silence, but it's a voice that's coming over the radio, If what's being said violates the manual, you can be sure it's not from the Father. Make sense? Yeah. Calls for us to know the manual, right? It's a challenge. You want to hear the voice of God? Spend time in the Word. That's his principal means of communicating with us. Okay. Well, let's... uh, challenged, let's be charged, let's be encouraged, and let's be inspired. i got five thoughts about or regarding hearing his voice. The first is our positioning, our positioning. Jesus told us to go into our closet and close the door. To go into the room would be to obey said, go into your room and close the door behind you and pray to your Father. I think the going in to the room, here's the thing. Everybody everybody, hear me for just a moment. This is only you and only God know about. you notice that there's like this innate desire for all of us to be perceived as being spiritual? Because, I mean, we're in the church. I want to be perceived as spiritual. So oftentimes we'll talk about our spirituality. Are you with me? That's okay. I mean, it's okay. But when we go into our room what it's called, the secret place? Why do you think he calls it the secret place? That's between you and God. You don't need to talk about it. A couple weeks ago I said, my wife and I have a relationship. Now, many of you see the the results of our relationship. We hold hands sometimes. We look oogly-eyed at each other. Well, at least I do (laughs) sometimes. We do, and, and there's there's a relationship of love, and you see this love, but I guarantee you there is something that only she and I, and that something that only she and I shares, is massive, and it's really the content of our relationship. Everything else that you see flows out of that, and none of you will ever get to know about it. in our relationship with the father with the son and with the Holy Ghost sometimes we do want to talk about that there's an encouragement in there and it has to do with a level of intimacy I invite you and the father has already invited you won't need to talk about it. In fact, you won't want to. It's yours and his. And he'll tell you stuff about you. I mean, the scripture tells us the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth and he will show us things to come. When does he show us those things? I'd say in the confines, when we get into that secret place, God is speaking. And if we close the door, that's the second thing. We posture ourselves. No, that's not the second thing. That's, the, that's still the first thing. I think the closing of the door is decluttering. I would recommend to you when you go into your closet, leave every electronic thing you have outside and every noise thing outside and get along with your father. Take the word of God in there with you and just be in his presence. Read his word. Talk to him. Pray. Listen. Very important. Okay. So our positioning. Second is our posturing. Turn with me in your Bibles real quick. Uh, 1 Samuel, Old Testament, 1 Samuel. The last of the judges of Israel. uh, Chapter 3. 1 Samuel, Chapter 3. I'll read the first 10 verses. And I'm going to go fairly rapidly this morning. I don't want to keep you long. But if if we would employ these, I think our ability to hear would be greatly enhanced. It says this, now the boy... Samuel, ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow uh, so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, "Uh, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lied down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose, went to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. I want you just to note for a moment, when I think about posturing, our posturing, note for a moment that verse 1 says, Now the boy. I would note that it did not say now the man is a boy. Jesus encourages us in our faith to be like little children. Little children. He said in Matthew 18, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, in Mark chapter 10, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. We're encouraged to be converted, to be like a child, childlike faith, to believe. Samuel was a boy. Now, not to belabor that. I would simply encourage you, oftentimes we approach things from our pragmatic Let's, let's approach the Lord in simplicity and childlike faith. Lord, don't let it rain. Please don't let it rain. And believe. Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? And just listen, because he's speaking. Now, notice also, our presenting, if you will, our presenting. I know that, again it says the boy samuel ministered to the lord i'd like to submit to you today that there is a there, there, there's a really a, a kind of a wide chasm in difference between ministering to the lord and ministering for or with Ministering for or ministering with is very different than ministering to. Are you with me? Sometimes, even when there's dead space, we feel i got to get busy and go do something for the Lord. And so we will fill our agendas with stuff. Stuff. And sometimes more stuff. And oftentimes those things that are kingdom-related, we can be working with the Lord. But if we're neglecting the ministering to the Lord, and again, I would submit to you, the ministering to the Lord includes certainly that closet time where I'm worshiping the Lord. Maybe my worship isn't simply studying the Word of God or reading the Word of God or memorizing the Word of God or meditating on the Word of God simply obeying the Word of God. It's worship. But it's where I am in that immediate o- obedience. I'm in, ome- in immediate connection, if you will. And sometimes it's sometimes it's just, I get to worship God. I get to worship God. And no one else even knows about it. No one knows. God sees. He was ministering to the Lord. Do you get opportunities? Let me rephrase that. We all get opportunities. Are you taking opportunities to worship your Lord, your Savior, the Lord? the psalmist says time and time again I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We're told in the New Testament, the writer Paul he said let the word of Christ dwell richly in you we're told that the spirit will lead us into all truth. It's an opportunity when we have the word of God in our lives we're giving the spirit of God material wherewith to work with us, to speak he speaks truth So if we hide God's word, which is truth in our lives, he will use, he will bring to remembrance those truths and he'll give application of that truth. I would submit to you that it certainly has worked this way in my life. I've been praying for people that I think have some stuff and maybe the spirit of God reveals to me The reality is, I have stuff against them. And he says, (laughs) you got to deal with that. I'm dealing with this. You deal with this. I'm like, la, 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 (laughs) la. Turning channels, dials, trying to hear something different. Because so often we don't want to hear what we need to do. Never let your knowledge exceed your willingness to obey. That's the bottom line. So when we grow in knowledge, what should we also be growing in? Obedience. Right? What did did God tell the children of Israel? What did God tell Saul? Through Samuel. He said, not sacrifice. Does the Lord delight in sacrifices, burnt offerings? It is, it is obedience is better to obey to obey to obey alright so our positioning our posturing our presenting our preparing our practicing um, I love these just little things and I'm just going to share just a couple of New Testament quotes and I'll, I'll preface it with, uh, come often. Come often. I I was, uh, when I worked in industry years and years and years ago, uh, I was in the steel industry, and we had um, the Teamsters. How many of you know who the Teamsters are, right? It's a a large union. Uh, The Teamsters used to say at voting time, uh, vote early and vote often. (laughs) Uh, You only get one vote, but they said vote early, vote often. That was funny. That was funny. (laughs) Vote early. And here's the thing. It makes me think about our prayer. Come early, come often. The psalmist said, early in the morning I will rise up and seek thee. How many of you remember we used to sing that song? Early in the morning I will rise up and seek thee. I mean, early in the morning I will rise up and come often, often. Those thoughts. Luke 22 says, coming out, in verse 39, coming out he went to the Mount of Olives As he was accustomed, he went to the Mount of Olives to pray, as was his custom. That's what he did. He went to talk to his father. Luke 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer. If you read John chapter 8, you have to include John chapter 8, verse 1. You have to back up one verse to include it. It says, They all went home to their homes. John 8, 1 says, And he went to the garden. I think it's verse 2 that says, Now the next day, early in the morning there's an implication there that he was in the garden all night in communion with his father as was his custom you know it's interesting to note there's a handful of men in the Bible and certainly women but there's definitively a handful of men in the Bible where there is nothing bad said about a couple of these guys Daniel's one of those guys Daniel there is nothing bad There's nothing negative said about Daniel. In fact, when the angel, Gabriel, comes and speaks to him, he says, highly favored, highly favored. The Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, it says this, Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as was his custom. He's man of God. He's seeking the Lord. He's praying. He's getting in his room. He's closing that door, so to speak. He's getting down on his knees and he's praying as was his custom. I love that Jesus said these words, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now don't miss this. won't just be natural food. Jesus said, I have food you know not of, talking to his disciples. And they were like wondering, did somebody come and bring some Burger King or something? You know, trying to observe at the natural eye, what happened here? But he was talking about something else, his communion. god is speaking and i would submit to truly live in a greater measure and i would submit to you and i i know that everyone here understands that we are living in relationship with god and i i would submit to you more life more communion more life more communion does that make sense i think it's directly proportional okay Our presenting, our preparing, and our practice. Um, Jesus showed the way to live. He showed us the way. I'll conclude with these thoughts. And we'll pray. And the challenge, I think, and the encouragement and the charge is that we would we would do what the manual says. Not because it's duty. I have to go check a box. That's no, because can't wait I can't wait to get alone with the Lord Lord, what are you going to say today what are you going to show me today what do you want to speak to me today who do you want me to talk to today what would you like me to say to them Does it ever make you think um, how did Jesus know and why did Jesus say these words we must go through Samaria we must go How did he know that? He he received that information. He received direction. He said in a number of places, he says, I only speak those things I have seen with the Father. I think it's keen that he says those things I have seen with the Father. You read that in John chapter 8. Read John chapter 8 through John chapter 10. At least four different times he talks about the communion that he has had with the Father and how the Father has spoken to him. Like, for instance, he says, the commandment that I received from him. The commandment i had received from him he's giving his directives from the father the Father's showing him and i believe the father will show you and i because jesus showed us the way he showed us how to live in fellowship with the father does that make sense so i want to just encourage us today in our prayer in our time with the lord when god speaks challenge and a charge for all of us and secondly that we obey. We obey. I talked with my brother yesterday and he was talking to me about his daughter and they were talking about her future and she's graduated and gone to get her master's and seeking what she's supposed to be doing in the kingdom of God and she's getting involved in a ministry and it's, it's very very exciting and he asked her about it, and he simply said these words as she began to describe, she she laid it out how the course of her life had taken her down this path, and the scriptures that God had directed her in her life. And so she says, I think I'm supposed to do this, and my brother said to her, there's no thinking about it. You must go. You must go. And that's that little obedience. It's that little obedience. Sometimes we'll take a step, I think God is saying this, and so i got to step out. Anybody here ever stepped out and realized that wasn't God? (laughs) Yeah. We stepped out and we said, oh, yeah, that wasn't God. Hey, I want you to know something. That was not a failure. Hear me. That was not a failure. Minimally, what you did was you learned to discern voices. That is absolutely necessary. That's necessary. We learn to discern the voice of God, the voice of our flesh, the voice of the world, the voice of our enemy. Make sense? I want to hear that voice. Well, let's stand this morning. I hope we're all encouraged. And I think the Word of God is a real inspiration to us in relationship to there are there's event after event after event after event in the Word of God that inspires us. We see the lives of individuals who have responded. Predominantly, he's not going to give you a verbal voice. David, David. No, it's not going to be like that. I would take that, but generally speaking, that's not happened yet. But he speaks. And if we will but listen, his principle means through the word of God. Let the word of God dwell richly in you. So that the spirit of God can prompt and lead you and I into truth into opportunity, but get in the closet with your Father. Here's the thing. The Spirit of God may just reveal to you somebody that's going to be on the elevator, that's going to be on the MAX train, it's going to be sitting in the doctor's office, going to be in the grocery line, going to be at the gas station going to be the person working next to you at your job, wherever. He may show you something, and he may reveal something to you that could be potentially going on in their lives, and when you go to them and say, you know, I was praying this morning, and I got this picture of you in my mind, and then the very next picture I saw was, is there something going on in your life that I could be praying with you about? By the way, that was not like a cuss word. It was, uh, it was like another picture, whatever that was. But the idea there is that they may be responding to your communication with the Father. And they say, wait, time out for a moment. You're trying to tell me that God showed this to you about me. I didn't know if it was God. I'm just asking. Well, that is exactly what's going on in my life. You say, well, hey, maybe God just wanted you to know how much he loves you. Can I pray for you? could be that simple. Let's listen. And if you step out and they say, no, that's not going on in my life, again, what do we say? Two things could be happening there. Well, at least two things. Number one, they could be not telling you the truth because they could be running from God. Number two, you could be learning to discern voices. But regardless, pray as you had felt or saw or whatever. Let's just pray by faith. Amen? Let's live by faith. Here's the greatest piece of all of that. God the Spirit is dwelling in those whose faith is in Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God will lead us into truth. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for the example of Samuel, who was learning to discern the voices. And when he discovered, he said, here am I. Speak. Lord, will you speak? And the beauty is, the rest of the story, He, there's obedience and he, he, he speaks these words, and ultimately, God, your word tells us that not you did not a let a, a single word that Samuel spoke fall to the ground. He was your man, and he was your prophet. Father, will you speak? Let me rephrase that. Father, thank you that you are speaking. Help us to hear. May our ears be unstopped. May our eyes be open. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name, and we ask that you would go before us this week. And, Lord, may we have those moments and those opportunities. And pray, God, just for excellent testimonies, testimonies, God, of what you've done in and through your children. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said a strong amen. Amen. Go in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Have an amazing day in Jesus. God bless.